Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Men Insights Podcast. I hope that you've been having a lovely week and are having an even better weekend. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Breaker, YouTube, wherever you can find the Men Insights Podcast. And of course, follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for all future podcast information. Now, this episode, I will be discussing my thoughts and predictions for WWE's 11th annual Elimination Chamber pay-per-view event. There's not a lot to talk about for as far as the matches go for this particular pay-per-view, but I'm going to do my best and try to give you guys as interesting of a podcast as I possibly can. I'm recording this. Let me see. It is 1.45 a.m. Saturday. Um... Because I wanted to try to get as up to date as information as possible for this product, for this episode, but yeah. But before I get into my predictions, I first wanted to talk about. Announced on WWE Backstage this week, the newest inductee into the WWE class of. 2020 Hall of Fame is JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield. Yes, that's right. The man himself is being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I am so happy about this. I really am. He, To me, he is more than deserving of the honor. And I am honestly surprised that it took this long for him to get inducted. I really am surprised. And also, fun little fact: if you guys tuned into the episode, and you can probably you can actually check out the clip on YouTube. My, my tweet celebrating his induction actually appeared on screen during the segment when they were interviewing him after they made the announcement, and that put a big smile on my face. It really did. Um, and I mean, like I said, he is more than deserving of the honor, and he had an awesome run with Ron Simmons as the APA. Of course, he started out in WWE as Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Not as many fans will remember that, but I do because I have been watching this shit my entire life. And then he was also Blackjack Bradshaw with Barry Windham when they tried to do the new Blackjacks in 1997. And then that, you know, went to shit because, you know, put new at the beginning of the name, it's it's, it's automatically going to make it better. It does not. And then he became the Acolytes with Ron Simmons a year later. uh, But he had to Something before that, I can't remember. I have, I have to rewatch all the Raws from 1998 to really keep, remember some of that shit. But yeah, then he became the Acolytes with, uh, at first was, um, what was his name in WWE? Uh, Don Callis, but I can't remember what his name was in WWE at the time. But he was, he was their manager for a little while. Uh, but then they became the Ministry of Darkness. And then when the Ministry unfolded, they became the Acolytes Protection Agency in the year 2000, which... They provided all kinds of fun and entertaining segments backstage and several bar fights that they would have on Raw and SmackDown over those years. But then we got the heel turn in 2004 where he became John Bradshaw Layfield and went on to become the great piece of shit heel WWE Champion from 2004 to 2005, having amazing matches with Eddie Guerrero, Undertaker, John Cena, and many others. And, of course, that segment with him at the Mexican border when, oh man, I'm sorry, that is still one of the funniest things I've ever seen on WWE television. It really is. I, I can, I can every time I watch it, no matter how many times I watch that, that segment, I laugh my ass off at it because it's just, seriously, it is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Oh my god. 
And I can't wait to hear his speech at the Hall of Fame. And we all know Ron is, Simmons is going to be the one to induct him. I mean, there's no other option. I mean, they, they could have John Cena induct him, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be Ron Simmons, because JBL inducted Ron back in 2012. So, it, it only makes sense for Ron to be the one to induct John this year. But, yes. JBL is going to the Hall of Fame, and on SmackDown, they did say that on the After the Bell podcast next week, that they're going to announce the newest inductee, uh, so make sure you tune into that episode to find out who is the newest induction or inductee to the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Elimination Chamber predictions. Let's get right to it. There's not a lot of matches on this card as of right now. Like I said, I'm recording this uh, early Saturday morning. It's 1.48 a.m. right now. And there's currently only six matches officially announced. One of those matches we have up is a, another U.S. Championship match between Andrade and Humberto Carrillo. This is going to be a good match. We already know that. But it's just this, this story has been going on for a little while. And I'm... And if room and if the rumors on all over the dirt sheets are correct, then we're gonna get more between these two. But at WrestleMania, it's gonna be Andrade, Umberto, uh, Angel Garza, and Rey Mysterio, and a fatal four-way for the U.S. title. Which that would that'll be a great match if it does happen. But at the same time, it's like I'm starting to get a little tired of Andrade and Umberto fighting so much. They've had at least four matches in the last two months. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it's. But I feel like if they're not going to have it, have him win it at WrestleMania, then probably going to get Umberto to finally win the U.S. title here. And if not, then some shenanigans are going to go on that will set up the rumored Fatal 4-Way match for WrestleMania between Andrade, Umberto, Angel Garza, and Rey Mysterio. But as of right now, I'm predicting Umberto to retain this, or not retain, to win the championship on this night. And then the other match that we had that was made official on last week's SmackDown, the Intercontinental Championship champion Braun Strowman defending against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn in a three-on-one handicap match. That's, I feel like this is going to be a fairly predictable match. Not going to be a whole lot of uh, stuff going on, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they haven't really done much with the Intercontinental Championship at all over the last... I don't even know how many years. Uh, it just feels like they don't give a shit about about the mid-card titles anymore. Like, the U.S. title hasn't done much at all. Uh, neither has the Intercontinental title. And that's unfortunate because both championships have so much history behind them. Like, the U.S. title, they have, according to WWE, the lineage is attached to the old WCW and NWA U.S. title during the 90s, 80s, and 70s. Which, I mean, if that's the case, then you need to... Do a better job of making the title mean something. Because when John Cena was the U.S. Champion in 2015, the title meant something. When Miz was Intercontinental Champion in 2016, the belt, ne the belt meant something. It's like now they don't mean shit to me <laughs> and to a lot of fans. It's And that's unfortunate because both titles are great championships. And... But yeah, I mean, it's going to be an okay match. I'm pretty sure about that. I mean, I am a fan of all four men. More so Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sammy. But, you know, Braun just got the belt a couple weeks ago. So I predict that he's going to retain the championship this time. 
And then we also have Alistair Black versus AJ Styles, uh, which I'm sure is going to be the proper match that we were supposed to have gotten on Raw this week. Uh, because uh, before they could have their match on Raw, we had he, AJ made him made Alistair take on Gallows and Anderson uh, at first so that they can beat him down pretty good. And then Styles, you know, being the chicken shit heel that he is now, uh, got an easy pin on him. But, you know, because they looks like we are indeed going to get AJ Styles versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He pinned him by doing The Undertaker hands over the chest and then the tongue. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that match works out. But, yeah, uh, I'm very much curious to see how much time they're going to give Aleister Black and AJ Styles on the pay-per-view. Because, like I said, there's only six matches officially announced as of right now. So, any matches that are announced after I record and upload this, oh well. I didn't predict it. Not my fault. They should have done a better job getting ready for this pay-per-view instead of focusing on the damn Super Showdown that they like they always do. Whenever they have these Saudi Arabia shows, they forget the actual pay-per-views that are coming up and they put all the focus and attention on Saudi Arabia, which I hate that, but, you know, that's that's their deal. But, yeah, I mean, if, if they get enough time and freedom, uh, I'm sure this will be a phenomenal match, pun intended. <laughs> uh, much like the Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy matches that we had at TLC, and then the couple, the few other matches that they had on Raw, all of those matches, fucking phenomenal and amazing. And that's what that's why I put out that tweet on a little over little over a month ago, where I said put Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy in a in an Iron Man match, it would tear the damn house down because it, you know it would. But you know, I could probably not gonna get that anytime soon, so. Uh, but we're going to get AJ Styles versus Aleister Black on pay-per-view, so hopefully this will be the, the show stealer that we know it can be. But since they are getting ready for WrestleMania, I'm predicting something's going to happen where maybe a uh, distraction goes down with AJ and he falls victim to the Black Mass and Aleister Black gets the victory. So after I finished recording, I checked WWE.com and saw that Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak is also added to the pay-per-view, so that makes it seven matches officially. Um, now, I'm sure that's going to be an awesome match. I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan, as you guys already know, and Drew Gulak, of course, as I've made that known very well on my other podcast when he was Cruiserweight Champion last year. Um, but... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the hell they're going to do with either of them going into WrestleMania. I'm thinking Drew Gulak might win, because this would be probably the biggest win of his career, bigger than when he won the Cruiserweight title last year. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be an awesome match, because both men are just the best athletes that WWE has right now. So, I think um, we're going to be in for either this match sealing the show, or Aleister Black versus AJ Styles sealing the show. But... Yeah, just wanted to get that in here real quick. Um, back to the regular recording of the podcast. Um, now we have a rematch from Raw, the Raw Tag Team Championships. The newly crowned champions, Street Profits, will be taking on the team that they defeated this week to earn those titles, Seth Rollins and Murphy. He's just Murphy now, no longer Buddy Murphy, because WWE has a weird thing where they like to drop the you know half of the people's names. 
You know, like Big E used to be Big E Langston, and Cesaro used to be Antonio Cesaro. Um, Mustafa Ali has been Ali, and Mustafa Ali, and then Ali again. And Buddy Murphy has been Buddy Murphy, and then Murphy, and then Buddy Murphy, and then Murphy again. Um, so, yeah, the WWE is weird like that. Uh, like, even, you know, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, for a little while, they were just Rowan and Harper. They didn't have first names. You know, and now Luke Harper is not Luke Harper anymore because he's not in WWE. And Rowan is back to being Eric Rowan with the weird mechanical spider that he finally unveiled on Raw. Uh, which, that was a the most anticlimactic thing that they could have done. But, you know, uh, you know, since they have Vince, you know, rewriting the show every week... There's not much you can really expect for that. But anyways, yeah, Street Profits versus Rollins and Murphy in a rematch for the tag titles. And since they literally just won them this week, I'm predicting the Street Profits to retain. But then again, you never know. WWE is weird when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, because remember back in 1998, Kane won the WWF title at the King of the Ring. And then the next night, lost it back to Austin in the main event of, the, of Raw. So, you never know. WWE pretty much does whatever the fuck they want, so... Yeah, but I'm I'm predicting the Street Profits are gonna win since they just won the titles of last week, and I feel like they are trying to build them up uh, for something going into WrestleMania. Since as of right now, it is going to be we are, but we are to believe that it's gonna be Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, which I'm sure it'll be a great match. But because they've been back and forth for the last three months now, I am just kind of ready for it to be over and but we know it's not going to be over after WrestleMania because they're going to have at least one more match at the next pay-per-view so yeah we'll see how this goes uh but yeah as of right now I'm predicting Street Profits to retain the championships and then moving on to the first elimination chamber match that we have scheduled on here for the Smackdown tag team titles we have champions Miz and John Morrison defending against the New Day Heavy Machinery Lucha House Party Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode and the Usos and I'm sure this will be a pretty exciting match uh, I mean we got 12 people in here so crazy shit's bound to happen <laughs> Um, and if you watched SmackDown this week, uh, we had the, it was a gauntlet match to decide who was going to enter last in the, uh, chamber match, and it came down to Heavy Machinery and Rude and Ziggler, and, and I'm sure we were all on the edge of our seats waiting for Otis to get his hands on Ziggler, um, but I think they're, you know, they're saving that either for the chamber match, for, you know, Whenever, whatever's going to happen with that, or they're going to save it until WrestleMania, which either way, like I was saying to my to, one, to my friend that I was chatting with there on SmackDown, I, I cannot wait for the for the day when Otis finally gets his hands on Ziggler and beats the shit out of him, because you know, that, that the crowd, at whatever show that it happens, they're going to pop, and it's going to be one of the biggest pops that you've heard on WWE TV in a very long time. I mean, hell... When I thought that he was going to, you know, get his hands on him during this match, I was, you know, getting excited for it. But, obviously, you know, they're waiting for the big picture and waiting for the big moment when, you know, Ziggler gets his just desserts or, I think it's, I don't know, I, don't, I never understood the, the phrase just desserts if it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have a hard time understanding some things like that. But anyways, um... Uh, yeah, this one's gonna be a pretty fun match. The Elimination Chamber matches are usually 
pretty fun. You know, some of them are more exciting than others. Like, I mean, I've, the Chamber Match has been around for almost 18 years now. You know, this November will make 18 years. And I still believe, even now, that the first Chamber Match at Survivor Series 2002 was the best Elimination Chamber Match. That's just my opinion. Um, but I am a little biased because Survivor Series 2002 is my favorite Survivor Series pay-per-view. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, as of right now, unless, you know, they have other plans for these guys, I'm predicting The Miz and John Morrison to retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, and then moving on to what I believe is going to be the main event of the pay-per-view, we have the women's. Elimination Chamber match. We have Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan with the winner going on to WrestleMania to face Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, this one's going to be a pretty fun and exciting match because as of right now, we have no idea who is going to enter in what order. We, they didn't do any gauntlet match to decide who's going to enter last like they did for the Tag Team Chamber match. But since we already know it's going to be Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. It's kind of silly that they're even having the match at all. But that doesn't mean it's, that they're not going to do a good job at making it f an, an exciting, you know, 20, 30, however many minutes that it's going to go. Uh, so I am excited to see what they do with this because, I mean, on Raw this week, they had Sarah Logan versus Liv Morgan with, um, no, sorry, Ruby Riot versus Liv Morgan with Sarah Logan as the referee. You know, the Riot Squad having a little half sort of reunion. And um, which I wish Sarah Logan would get a, a, some, a little more TV time because she is she is all, she is a pretty damn good wrestler. If you actually seen her stuff uh, on the indies before she came to NXT and then and then you know the main main roster WWE, um, you know. But you know WWE they have their reasons for doing the things that they do. And like I've heard on the Bruce Pritchard podcast, not everyone can be the main event, not everyone can be the world champion, and I understand that. But at the same time, when you get the same people every week in the same matches every week, fighting the same people in those matches every week, you really demand more and something different. And uh like, like the comment I made earlier about Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. They've, they've been in, in this storyline for three months now, and I'm just ready for it to be over. And I know it's not going to be over after WrestleMania. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, you know, I, I, it's going to be like the Baron Corbin Roman Reigns storyline that started back in October and finally ended at Super Showdown. And even on SmackDown this week, Baron Corbin finally said, I'm I'm done with Roman Reigns. And, I, and as soon as he said that, I actually just said, I actually shouted out, thank God, because my God damn, that was five months of that of that damn storyline. I am so happy it's finally over. But anyways, I'm getting off track. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, my prediction is Shayna Baszler to win this match. We already know it's going to happen, uh, and also they're, the way they've been building it, we're, with Natalia and uh, and the Kabuki Warriors, it's going to be Natalia and Beth Phoenix against the Kabuki Warriors at WrestleMania. That that's my prediction for that. And then Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan are going to be thrown into in the women's WrestleMania Battle Royal. Which, I mean, I wish they could do more with them, but that's what's going to happen. You know. But yeah, that's that's my predictions for these matches. It's I, I really don't. There's really not much for me to talk about on this pay-per-view. There's not. They're not going to really do anything. I mean, they're going to probably do a lot of highlight videos of what happened on Raw between Randy Orton and Beth Phoenix when 
Beth Phoenix showed up that she was going to do or give an update on Edge's condition. Uh, and then Randy Orton interrupted and got a really good promo about well, how what he did to Edge was him doing a favor to Beth and you know her daughters that she, that she has with Edge. And basically saying that he that Randy loves Edge and their daughters more than Beth ever could, which of course pissed her off. And she and then Orton like mouthed, mouthed the words are a bitch before she slapped him. And then when he was about to get in her face, she kicked him in the stomach, and then he got her with the RKO, and she sold the RKO better than most of the men do, so, you know, that's why she's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, and, you know, after that segment on Closing Raw, I said it, I went on Twitter and I said, this match better be a, a street fight at WrestleMania, and not a PG-era street fight, it better be a damn Attitude-era street fight, because the way they're building it up, I, I would compare it to the buildup of Triple H and Randy Orton at WrestleMania 25, and then the match ended up being just a regular wrestling match. I don't want it to be that. I want the way it's building up. I want it to have the great buildup like that match had, and it's, so far it has been having a great buildup. And I want the match itself to be fucking no holds barred, you know, beat the shit out of each other until they're dead kind of match. But we'll see if we get anything even close to that. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Minutize Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening to me ramble on for the last 20 minutes. And uh, hope you heard something you liked. Hope your predictions for the pay-per-view go as planned. Or, you know, if you even are planning on watching the pay-per-view. And if not, you know... You, you should check out the Impact Plus. You get a free 30-day trial and enjoy some of the old TNA wrestling days. Like, I've been enjoying one there. Um, and, you know, make sure you check back in next week. I will have my post-pay-per-view recap talking about what happened on Chamber and what happens on Raw and SmackDown afterwards. And also check out my... The rest of my content on the, podca on the podcast, we have retro film reviews. I just released uh, my retro film review for No Holds Barred this week. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, worst to best rankings, uh, classic wrestling pay-per-views, my other film reviews, regular podcast episodes, all of that can be found right here on the Minutes Podcast channel. And if you're not subscribed already, please do so on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Breaker, YouTube, wherever you can find the damn Benetites podcast. And again, follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for all updates. And follow me on Instagram at Fositude for the fun little time hop bitmoji and whatever else posts that I put on there. And then follow me on <clears throat> excuse me, follow me on Vero at Fositude, where you can catch me just having fun. Like, uh, which, you know, again, it's the least dramatic social media site that you'll ever, ever, ever join. And support the podcast by donating to my Hall of Justice on Patreon for only $1 a month. The link will be in the description. And check out the Minutize Podcast store for shirts, stickers, pins, magnets, wall art, pillows, notebooks, and so much more. That link will be in the description as well. Please buy some of my merch. If, if you love me. Buy, buy, buy a t-shirt. You know, they're, they're not that expensive. They're really not. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in, for watching, for listening, for subscribing. I, I genuinely love and appreciate every single one of you who do. You know, even though it's only it's, it's only a, a, a small number of you who, who do listen to my stuff, 
you know, you guys mean everything to me. You really do. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend, that you enjoy this coming week. Uh, go see some movies if you want to. Uh, go see The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck. Uh, I was going to see it uh, this weekend, but, you know, after buying groceries and doing other stuff this week, I'm a little short. So I'm going to probably wait until sometime next week to check it out. But, you know, please do check that out. You know, shows, give support to Ben Affleck after the rough couple of years that he's had. And been hearing a lot of great things about this movie, so... Yeah, check it out. Uh, and this has been the Men of Science Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.